Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Our guests today are Rick and Monique Fitzgerald. They are co-founders of both the Lazy Turtle Group and Indica, which we're going to talk a little bit about what they do, helping bring together kind of the world of travel, of lodging, hospitality in the cannabis space, and sort of this interesting part of the cannabis world that I think we don't talk about enough, which is, you know, really how do we find places uh, and events, uh, experiences that are cannabis friendly? Obviously, as cannabis grows and expands, there's going to be lots Lots of opportunities and lots of people looking for these things. So excited to hear what Rick and Monique have developed over the years, how they've kind of approached cannabis, what they've learned and what they're doing today. So with that, Rick and Monique, welcome. Bruce, thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Bruce. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So why don't we do a little bit of background before we kind of dive into what you're doing today in cannabis? How do you get involved? I mean, what's the backstory? Tell us about Lazy Turtle Group. Give me a little bit of the journey. Well, I'll start with it, Monique. Yeah, I've been kind of, well, what I realized was a patient of the plant for a long time. Yeah. Uh, well, before we started 
dipping our toes into the this up and coming wellness movement that's happening in cannabis. So I realized that I'd been a I'd been an explorer for a while, and it wasn't until we moved out to California, probably twelve years ago from Virginia, that I really started seeing what this was all about, and uh, quickly just really started exploring and educating myself ourselves on on cannabis, the history of it, the reasons why uh, it was you know taken away and why it's coming back and all that stuff. So we really just kind of jumped into the the culture and the and the education portion of it and from that realized that I personally could uh, kind of treat some of my physical and symptoms with this plant and uh, became a full-on fan of what was going on. So I've got a 30 year, history in uh, branding and packaging design from a corporate standpoint and uh, ran a couple in-house agencies for large packaging companies and really had a good insight on the packaging realm. And once cannabis became, um, you know, in California specifically, uh, became legal, I realized that there was an interesting opportunity to help folks in this insane, insane startup, you know, space (laughs) industry kind of navigate this world of you know branding and then especially packaging is just such a crazy segment of of this world but on the cannabis side i mean with the regulations the way they are the package is one of the main resources for marketing so it was a very vital important part and i realized that i could actually bring my skills to this up and coming area and help some folks figure this packaging thing out so for probably fast Six years, I think we've been uh, helping uh, brands in both the THC and the CBD, the the, the you know I'd say the the hemp world, bring their brands to to light. And you know, it's Lazy Turtle Group is the agency that we created, and um, through that agency, we've helped cannabis brands and clients. Um, and we've also kind of developed a few of our own products and services along the way too. One of them is Indica, one uh, cannabis friendly travel platform that we created a five years ago, I believe. And so, yeah, that's it. We're helping folks in the cannabis space, you know, look good and and present their story in the appropriate way. And we're also kind of developing our own, you know, our own interesting ideas through, through this lazy turtle group. um, I love it. Saying, yeah. Yeah. And Monique, give me a little, little background on you and, and your kind of connection to the plant, your connection to, you know, cannabis, give us, uh, give us a little background. Sure. You know, I think Rick touched on a lot of it. And I think for us, it was a journey of, you know, we saw when legalization first was coming on board here in California, it had just happened in Colorado. We saw it as an opportunity to take our personal passions and our professional skills and apply them in a way that maybe would open up some new avenues for us to continue to grow and change and transform our lives as well. And so simultaneous to starting the agency, we also decided to, we started playing around with the idea, the notions of what would travel look like once cannabis was legal, right? Where would we go? Where would we find places to stay where we could enjoy our plant and, you know, maybe meet some like-minded folks to have these great conversations with. And so that's really what the the genesis of the idea for Indica was, was to to provide a place for gathering together and sharing conversations. And yeah. from that, you know, just from that lofty idea, you get the, you know, you end up with a, a travel platform that focuses on places to stay, gather, play, and explore. And um, it's really a digital community, if you will, that we're building. And we want people to share their stories and share their experiences with one another. And so that yeah. was our, you know, that was our driver behind everything. I'm curious how the businesses interact. I mean, are they two just sort of separate businesses that you both happen to run and manage? 
do they cross over? Had that like I'm curious how you kind of manage your time and focus between these. Do you are you a little schizophrenic <laughs> trying to do this, or how do you do this? <laughs> Completely. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. You know, it, it really they really do. They dovetail and they cross over nicely. Um, for the Indica side, I pretty much run the back end of things on the platform itself. But we've been able to use our our design skills and whatnot on the Lazy Turtle Group side to really share our story and tell our story as a brand. And so we just bring that to our clients as well, that storytelling capability. And it's been really nice. You know, we've been able to merge some creative projects. We've done some, uh, we just recently did a great travel campaign with one of um, our California brand partners called Kinslips, where we welcomed travel back to California when things reopened over the summer. So it's really, it's been actually really great for us to both apply our skills in different ways and it keeps everything fresh and, and lively. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, Monique, one thing that she didn't mention, I didn't mention either, is that we are, we're very tied to regulations in in this space, you know, both on the Indica and Lazy Turtle group side, you know, we want to make sure that anyone that we do work for is covered uh, uh, on all the regulations, because there's so many in in both, you know, marketing and packaging, as well as uh, social consumption and cannabis travel. So, you know, Monique comes from a, a legal background. She's an attorney licensed in two states, uh, Virginia and California, and mm-hmm. you know, really came up in this realm in some interesting ways. So she's had some really good insight on the regulatory side and then even had her own cannabis business consulting firm for a couple of years that she ended up just selling to her partner and stepping into Indica full time. But yeah, so she's got a, for me as a designer and a creative, it's so good to have that side of this business that she, she, he's totally riding on my coattails. I totally am riding her coattails because <laughs> she's also a creative as well. So it's, it's so like I, I get it. the best of both worlds. I get yeah. creative concepts and I get legal advice. (laughs) Maybe it's a good time to mention that we are married also. (laughs) (laughs) I think think some people were assuming that, but just in case there was a question. (laughs) I'm curious, like as you've kind of, as the business has grown, as cannabis has grown, how how have you kind of had to navigate kind of your roles and who's doing what? And as things expand, like how to delegate things or like, how have you kind of define your roles, you know, in the businesses to kind of best use each other's skills and backgrounds and experiences? Great question. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. I think, you know, for us, it's um, since our skills are so separated, um, you know, I, I focus on making sure that everything is compliant and that we are, you know, that we're growing and navigating in a way that makes us sustainable as different laws go into place. On the design side, that's all Rick. Rick is the creative mastermind behind everything. And I just, you know, I add input from the storytelling side, but he really brings it to life and turns the vision into reality. So that's why he's the, I'm the dreamer and he's the dream maker, right? He's like creating, (laughs) he's like bringing it all to life. Yeah. Dig that. Yeah, I dig that. Let's talk a little bit about Turtle Group, just because I want to understand how So you were mentioning this thing about packaging and about how, um, you know, that becomes kind of key for brands. Give me a little more insight on that. I mean, I think I I could probably guess why, but I'm curious why you feel like the packaging becomes a really key part of how companies brand themselves, communicate the brand message. And then what are the complexities around that when it comes to working in the cannabis world? Well, first, from the regulatory side, you know, we the importance of the packaging is that if you wait until the last minute to address your packaging needs, you may have missed the fact that you need, um, you know, there's there's all types of things that are involved in compliance and packaging. So yeah. you have to make sure you have your child-resistant packaging. You have to make sure that your labeling is correct and that you're hitting all of the markers that your state regulations require. From us, uh, you know, as a design side of things, it's 
you know, Rick will talk about it. It's about, you know, how do you fit all that into your packaging, right? So yeah. it's, um, we take those skills and we, and we apply it. Our job isn't to make sure that your package is compliant. Our job is to make sure that we give you compliant designs, right? And so we use our skills and our knowledge of the regulations to do that for people. Got it. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a, that really is good uh, kind of coverage on the regulatory side. And, you know, what I was, I think what I was saying earlier with the packaging being kind of the one of the main voices of a, a brand, their kind of billboard in a sense, is just because the regulations around advertising and marketing are just so strict. You know, you can't, can't mention cannabis, the word cannabis on any of the social media platforms or you'll get booted off. Except for mm-hmm. LinkedIn, which is amazing. I love LinkedIn, but you know that's that's their preference. They're private companies, so they can do that. But um, it's challenging. So you know, billboards—you can't have billboards on what main interstates. I think now. So there's a lot yep. of there's a it's re- super restrictive to advertising your brand, and the package is just so vital because that's the way that people can see you on the shelves directly in front of them. That package will be that's the vehicle to tell the st- tell the brand story quickly. So that's you know that's kind of why we honed in on it because we realized it was a vital important part of the message for brands and it's you know the world that we both navigated for quite some time. So it kind of made sense to help brands get really show their story through the package and, and really communicate with folks. Yeah. yeah, I think they, you know, there's some unique opportunities for in-store displays and for um, special packaging in this space. Because, again, like Rick said, you know, that's your first opportunity to really reach your, your customers within with that in-store experience. And so by shifting focus to your packaging and how it's branded and how it's presented, I mean, you it's an opportunity right there to gather more more customers for yourself. Yeah, yeah and that's no. not going to stop. This is this is going to be a regulated market till the end of time, I'm sure. So. Advertising restrictions will always be in effect with this with with cannabis. So mm-hmm. why not just really get in front of them now and 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 you know develop the best marketing you can around the the regulations because they'll loosen up a bit, but I don't see them loosening a lot. Lot. We're going to take a quick break to hear some words from our sponsors. And now back to our program. Yeah, I know it's um it's a little crazy right now in this world we're in with this state by state kind of markets. How do you navigate companies that are operating in multiple markets and have at times extremely different, sometimes even contradictory kind of regulatory right. kind of frameworks around this? Like are you like literally have to create sort of different strategies and different packages for different markets or how do you approach that? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, yeah. yeah, that's the that's the correct answer. It's you know, you go by a state by state. One approach would be to take the most restrictive regulations there are and then follow those regulations, right? And just make sure yeah. that you're hitting any particulars of the different states. But it is a state by state approach. There's no way around it. I mean, this is that's the game of compliance, right? You have to make yeah. sure that, you know, one state you can't use neon colors, another state you can't use um, you know, an animal <laughs> icon, that sort of thing. So it really is about having your own in as a company, you want to have your own in-house compliance team that's guiding these decisions and also guiding your marketing and your branding. But as a um, a supplier, as an ancillary business, it's also our responsibility to make sure that we understand the regulations that we're working yeah. on. Yeah, regulation side is is interesting. It it does change a bit from state to state. Every everyone is different. And you know, we've been fortunate to work with clients across the state. So we really get a, a good view of the deep regulations in each state is it's really interesting. There's you know a lot of similarities, a lot of continued mistakes that states are making, but the other part of the equation is make sure you're 
you know, you adhere to all the state regulations, but also just make sure you understand the market of the different states. I mean, California brands have a, a reputation for being California brands. Oklahoma is mm-hmm. now coming up. They're going to have a reputation for their Oklahoma brands. But each market segment's different. I mean, Oklahoma is a completely different market than California, you know, in, in the as you know, from the as far as the clients that we're working with and just kind of the the way they're coming to the plant. So it's it's a fun, you know, it really is fun. I, I I've always enjoyed challenges and I've worked in some other regulated markets and liquor and even tobacco, pharmaceuticals and in those those realms. And it's always been an interesting challenge. Each one has their own thing, but overall the message is the same. I mean, this is a you know product for people of a certain age and just you can't you can't cross the line and go into any other, you know, drop them below that age group. So it's it's a challenge, but it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. So let's talk about Indica. How, how did this idea come about? Like when did it first kind of uh, the, the beginnings of it and then how did it develop over time? Yeah. So uh, Indica, you know, uh, we created it. We started planning it, I want to say 2016, 2017. And we spent about a year in just the planning phase of it. And then went forward with development. The platform first went live in 2018, and then we just continued to tailor it and improve it since then. But the yeah. the initial idea sprung from us taking a, we took a trip out to the desert and we wanted to brainstorm ideas for how we could work in the industry and, and where our skills would be needed and useful. But at the end of the day, we we're like, but do you want to be a graphic designer forever? And do I want to be a lawyer forever? And the answer is probably no. So yeah. what do we really want to do? And we really wanted to build a community and share stories, right? We wanted yeah. to travel and have great experiences and really transform the way we were living. And so from that, that's what, you know, that's what created Indica. It was, you know, we defined it, we created it as a place for lodging, entertainment and foolish talking. And from that sprung these these totems and categories that we have now of stay, gather, play, explore, and just really exploring the different different ways to connect people and to connect the community of travelers together. Yeah, no, I love it. And how did it start? Like, I mean, these these kind of market plays can be difficult to kind of build momentum and get enough content in there. Like, what was your strategy for actually getting this, you know, started? We had the "if you build it, they will come" strategy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's working. It's working. It's working. But it, but it was. It was. It was about. Um, you know, we have this thing around the house that's called F the formula, right? It's yeah. like try to do something outside of. You know, just like your your podcast name, right? We're thinking outside of the box, outside of mm-hmm. the mud, right? And so mm-hmm. it was about not necessarily following a roadmap of startups and just creating what we wanted to create. Yeah, and you know what? It was. Um, you know, Indica was a passion project that we you know, hoped would maybe be of interest to some folks eventually, but it really was just, uh, you know, what we wanted to put together, you know, for the cannabis community and show places where people can have elevated adventures. So, and it was also for us through Lazy Turtle Group, it was creating... uh, It's our first creative, yeah, the first project, right? Our (laughs) first first project. project. So we, we wanted to prove that we could, you know, help folks if they wanted to build a cannabis travel website so we did it and uh and it just became something that we really dug and just have kept going and now it's actually a cool thing yeah and what's your kind of take on kind of travel hospitality and cannabis i mean where are we in terms of being able to do this where where is the demand where is the supply where how have you kind of analyzed things to date well the demand is definitely there i think um there's been the california 
It was the California Cannabis Travel Association. Uh, it's now the Cannabis Travel Association International. They were able to mount one of the first data-driven studies about identifying the, the cannabis traveler, the cannabis community travelers, and, and what they were interested in and what aspects they were looking for. And so I think... Obviously, the the market is there for it. What's happening is we need states to turn their eyes towards responsible social consumption regulations. We need to make sure that we're not over-regulating the consumption aspect of this plant since we've already regulated the sale and distribution of it to death, right? So let us have our cannabis now and let us go, you know, get together and hang out. But uh, so I think totally. that's where that's where we're seeing things. It's um, having started it at the beginning of regulation, it's um, it was our goal to like kind of stay flexible throughout and make sure that we can respond to changes in in the rules as they come about. And so I think as we see, as the states are starting to recognize now they can get tourism dollars for this type of activity, they are going to be more promoting of it. They are going to be more inclusive of it. You know, we're in the Coachella Valley, which I really believe for California, Southern California, is really one of the hot spots for cannabis tourism because they have been so open-minded about it. We've got many boutique hotels out here. There's a ton of cannabis consumption lounges. Loads of lounges. And they're taking it to the next level, right? They're taking, it's not just a little closed in room for you to go smoke a joint. Instead, these (laughs) are beautiful, they're beautiful entertainment facilities, right? There's one in downtown Palm Springs. It's gorgeous. They have a stage, they have open mic nights, they have entertainment. So it's about really showing how you can integrate cannabis into a travel and or lifestyle experience and showing and normalizing it, right? And showing that it is not the big bad that some folks might think it is. Instead, it is really a enjoyable way to travel and to experience the community. Yeah. And where are we with regulations in terms of consumption lounges and being able to provide these kind of experiences? But I know various states have been working on various things, but where what, what's the latest on which states are really kind of pushing this kind of consumption lounge uh, event kind of stuff? And where what are they actually doing? So I think obviously California is pushing it. Colorado as well. They're finally starting to, to start licensing and, and considering consumption facilities. Las Vegas, you know, Vegas. oddly enough, has uh, the, the city of Vice has actually trailed behind. They're just now starting yeah. to allow them uh, the cannabis consumption lounges. The hotels in general don't allow any kind of cannabis on property because it's conflicting with the gaming regulations and the rules. So oh, yeah. California, we're really pushing it. I think they're finally starting to loosen up a little bit and allowing the um, consumption type events and sale and resale of cannabis at, at certain outdoor festivals and events. And also also opening up the range of places we can start holding these events. So California definitely leading the charge just because of our our big focus on tourism here in the state. Yeah, I'm sure. Colorado, Jamaica, and then Jamaica. Let's oh, not yeah. forget them because they are. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Jamaica has a couple of cannabis friendly resorts already, and they are also um, welcoming in other communities, other plant medicine communities as well. So Jamaica's got a lot of activity going on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, you know, it was interesting what Monique's saying about social consumption and how friendly the the valley is out here, the desert, the whole desert, and Palm Springs uh, and Cathedral City being the host of this year's Hall of Flowers, um, yeah. the big cannabis business business event. It was interesting. I mean, we knew that our area was very open to cannabis. Obviously, there's tons of lounges and, and dispensaries, but it was interesting seeing the the regular restaurants and, and venues opening their doors to all these cannabis brands. I mean, we we walked into the Tropical, which is a uh, 
I think a fairly conservative restaurant has been around Palm Springs mm-hmm. for a long time and just went, walked right through the restaurant to the back patio area. And it was a, you know, last prisoner project and packs were putting on a, you know, a, a cannabis event. And we literally could yeah. just look through this wall and see the people eating on the inside and they could watch us. And it was just like, I'm sure there was some inquisitive eyes, but it just, <laughs> it just seemed like normal. I mean, there's just didn't seem like any big deal. It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's fascinating. I'm curious on the, for the properties, I mean, do you see, or I guess maybe I can imagine a difference between, you know, properties who are like, yeah, sure. Like you can, you can smoke here. Like you can consume, you consume on site. Like it's they're they're cannabis friendly versus, you know, properties that are really trying to create, you know, experiences, right? So, you know, maybe located in a place mm-hmm. that, you know, grows exceptional cannabis or, you know, integrating other things, you know, around cannabis consumption. I mean, how are you seeing kind of that develop or are you seeing kind of a, a you know, a difference between those kind of venues? Absolutely. You know, that's part of the curation of our platform is that we're focused on destinations, really. It's about offering someone more than just a place to lay their head. It's about incorporating these activities into your schedules, you know, offering special events, offering tours, partnering with tour companies and and allowing your guests to take a, you know, a cannabis farm tour before they come back for a farm to table dinner, that sort of thing. So I think people are really creating experiences around cannabis versus just allowing you to have cannabis. And that's, um, that's where it's at. I mean, that's what's going to keep people coming back for a cannabis destination vacation versus just finding someplace they can smoke. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a number of, um, you know, properties that are really turning their business around, you know, smaller boutique hotels and even smaller resorts and, and properties, you know, traditional bed and breakfasts in opening their doors and working with their, their cities and their, through the regulations of opening their doors to be cannabis friendly. It's really turning a lot of people's businesses around quickly. And and it's incredible to see some of these places that are falling by the wayside that can just literally, you know, just open their arms a little bit and have a completely new revenue stream from a a segment that they weren't expecting before. Sure. Yeah, I think it's definitely a unique opportunity for boutique hotels and unique destinations to really come into play and and get some more attention to them. You know, as as legalization goes across the states, then you, you'll start to see bigger chains get involved in it. But right now, this is the this is the playing field for the smaller boutique hotels, the independently owned properties, um, those types of things to really get the get into the cannabis tourism space and become a cannabis tourism destination before the Marriott takes over. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious if you're seeing other kind of segmentation or bifurcation of of the sort of cannabis lodging, cannabis uh, destination kind of market. I mean, because it just seems like, you know, on one hand, it's like, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we're cannabis friendly, or we do cannabis, you know, we're cannabis focused. But even within cannabis, there's so many different kind of subcultures and, you know, how you consume and like why you consume and, you know, age brackets and demographic. Brackets. I mean, how, how are you seeing kind of this world start to segment? Absolutely. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's segmenting by, by pretty much by like age demographic and experience demographic, right? So for us, our primary market is an, a somewhat older, more experienced and more affluent consumer. But on the, at the same time, there's also, you know, there's hostels in San Diego. There's hostels in other places where they're pull, pulling in like maybe the, you know, 21 to 25 set. And so, yeah, people are definitely looking for different things at different points in their lives for, for these experiences. But the beauty of cannabis is that we really do, really does, you know, cross all of those lines. And, and so you have, 
tours that are focused on dispensaries. You have tours that are focused more on the medicinal and growing aspects of the plant. We see events that are centered around wellness, as well as events that are just centered around, you know, entertainment, pure entertainment and music. So the versatility of the plant is, you know, we're only limited by our imaginations at this point for how we can incorporate this. Uh, this is exciting. It's a great content, great part of the cannabis space. I'm glad we had a chance to talk about this today. Absolutely. If people want to find out, yeah, if people want to find out more about you, about Indica, about Lazy Turtle Group, what's the best way to get all that information? Well, you can check us out on our website. It's indica.com. That's in with two N's, indica.com. And then we're also lazyturtlegroup.com if you have any packaging and design needs. The main thing I think is just to be active in your community and, you know, check out what's what's out there and available. Excellent. Yeah, get educated and learn about uh you know, this this whole movement from the inside out. I mean, the history of it, the culture of it, and how it's kind of leading up to legalization at some point in the hopefully not too distant future. But um, yeah, there's just a lot to this plant that's just going to be fun to investigate. Yeah. I'll make sure all the links and everything are in the show notes so people can click on that information to get it. Rick, Monique, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being on the program. Bruce, thank you so much. Thank you. We had a great time. Completely. Thanks for having us. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.